set of lessons about uh, streams in the desert, and I really felt like that was a fitting, uh, given how 2020 uh, went for us and everyone, not just me, but I mean everyone in general, I thought, boy, it was kind of like a desert year. And so, uh, and so I thought, boy, that would be appropriate to uh, continue that series and streams in a desert. And I hope it's been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Uh, we say all the time that the Word of God is, is certainly uh, an encouragement and it is, really. If you spend time reading it and you spend time studying it, it really can speak to your heart. It really can help you. And I hope and pray that these, these lessons are a help to you. Uh, as you're turning there to Matthew chapter number 14, we're going to look at this morning the passage of uh, a time to minister. A time to minister. Have you ever witnessed God's miraculous provision in your life? If you have... God has done something for you, uh, and you say, "Man, I don't know how I'm gonna uh, get through this. I don't know how I'm gonna get, get make. I don't know how I'm gonna maybe provide for this, or I don't know how I'm going to take care of this situation." And and usually it's at that point in our life that uh, uh, that we say, "God, it's yours." And uh, and you know, in reality, we probably ought to say that sooner and more frequently, but. Usually it's that last point that God brings us to where we, can't, we cannot accomplish something, we cannot get something done, we cannot provide for it, or, or something of that nature. And God does something uh, for us that only God can do. And if you, if you have done that, or you've been in that situation, you understand the feeling of being helpless, you understand the feeling of an impossible situation, and you understand the feeling of watching God do something that you realize clearly is not you. It's not your wisdom, it's not your strength, it's not your ability, but rather God has worked in the, that situation. The disciples uh, felt that way many times throughout their life. I absolutely love studying the life of the disciples. To me, it is so interesting to see how they learned to walk with God. I mean, could you imagine, they, you know in your head that Jesus is God. They knew in their head that Jesus was God. Uh, but it's one thing to know it in your head, and we know that in our head. It is another thing to live that day by day as they did. And they are a practical example of what our Christianity ought to be today. You say, well, I'm not walking physically with Jesus. And that's true. Jesus is not physically here that we can say, well, here is Jesus. But the reality of the matter is, he said that he would never leave us nor forsake us, and that in reality, though his physical presence is not here with us, we ought to walk with him as though he is. Now, I'm not saying you should turn around and say, uh, Jesus, you want to sit here or you want to sit there? And if somebody sits too close, I'm sorry, that's Jesus sitting there. I'm not, I'm not talking about carrying around an imaginary friend with you. Uh, but we ought to be so uh, conscious of Jesus' presence that we could treat him as though he were literally with us every day. And we can learn to depend upon him. And so that's why I like studying the life of the disciples. And as we need to consider the idea of ministering to others and being involved in ministry. There are ministries uh, that we can be involved in and that we can help uh, the cause of Christ. Uh, in 2021, uh, in this day and age, there are ministries, there are things that we can do. 
Uh, and we should be involved in some form or another. Uh, not, not everyone can do the same thing. Some people are limited in, in their, uh, what they can do. Uh, but listen, everyone can do something. There is something that we can get involved in ministry doing. And so uh, I want to look at time to minister. As we look at Matthew chapter number 14, it is a, a passage that you're very familiar with, uh, more than likely. You, you may have heard it as a growing up uh, in the idea of the feeding of the 5,000. And it's and a time uh, for the disciples to minister. Turn with me to verse number 13. We'll take our text there. Matthew chapter number 14 and verse number 13, the Bible says... When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And of course, in our series, Streams in the Desert, so Jesus departed and he wanted to go to a desert place. He went there on purpose. Verse number 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. He healed their sick. And when it was even evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. And Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. They did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. Let's stop right there and let's have a word of prayer before we get into the, uh, the, the lesson this morning. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness to us, for the opportunity, Father, that we have to uh, read your word, to study your word. And Father, that we can uh, learn from the lives of the disciples and uh, the life of Jesus Christ. And thank you for an accurate Uh, complete record of what took place. God, I pray that you'd use me this morning. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. And God, I pray that each and every person would be refreshed from your word, Father, and from uh, the examples and the lessons that we can learn from uh, this passage. And Father, we'll thank you for that. And God, we'll give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage uh, I, I want us to think about the lessons that the disciples had learned in, in all of this. And I've looked at this many a times, to be honest with you, uh, but even looking at it again, uh, there was, there's things that you always notice that you're like, wait a minute, was that in there last time I read that? Uh, I don't remember seeing that. I didn't catch that detail. And there's always little things that kind of stand out or jump out at you uh, when you go back and you restudy those things. And so it's good for us uh, to look at those things and, and re-see some of those things. One of the things I want you to notice is the burden of the ministry. Where were the disciples at at this time in their life? I remember uh, I, this was kind of new to me. I have not... Uh, 
I had not gone back and looked at the, uh, the, the background of where the disciples had just come from. Uh, times in the Gospels, uh, they're not always exactly in order. Uh, in, this, in this case, in chapter 14, uh, it is in order of how it took place. And so uh, I remember studying another passage, and it was very similar in that it was a busy time in the life of Jesus. But I went back and I said, what was going on during this time? And, and it also was in passage in, in chronological order uh, as it was written there. And it was interesting to look at. And chapter 14 is in chronological order. So go back with me to verse number 1. And let's just read the first few verses there. Um, Well, we'll read the first 13 verses and kind of get the context of what the disciples have just gone through and where they're at in their life. Chapter 14 and verse number 1, the Bible says, At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead. And therefore, mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. And when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before him and pleased Herod, whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. And the king was sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went told Jesus. And then we jump in in verse 13. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And so we find the backdrop to this story is rather important to understanding the full, uh, full scope of what is taking place. And there's a great burden that the disciples are carrying at this point when they are headed off to the, uh, to the desert place so that they could get away from everyone, so they could spend some time alone. And make no doubt about it, that is what Jesus had in mind. And that is what the disciples were thinking as well in verse number 13 as they had headed off to that desert place. And I want you to understand the importance of some of these things, I want you to understand the importance of John. Uh, John the Baptist. Who was John the Baptist? Well, uh, he, of course, humanly speaking, uh, was, was Jesus' cousin. And, uh, and, of course, we know that Jesus is God, and, uh, but he was also human as well, uh, being, being of Mary, and, and Mary went to her aunt, and, uh, G- and John the Baptist had been born uh, just six months prior to Jesus. And of course, he was the prophet that was to announce the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was the forerunner that would make, way the, make straight the way uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, Jesus referred to John as the greatest prophet in Luke chapter number 7. You don't have to turn there, but you can mark it down. Luke 7, 28, Jesus said this, For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet 
than John the Baptist. That's what Jesus said of John the Baptist. And so we find that John the Baptist uh, was a great prophet. Now, uh, it's interesting to think about that because if you think about uh, Elijah and Elisha, the Bible talks a lot about Elijah and Elisha, uh, two of the famous prophets of the Old Testament, and, and they probably did more miracles uh, than any other prophets that are given in the Old Testament. And so they're phenomenal to study in all reality, and they're well known throughout Scripture as they're mentioned time and time again, even throughout the New Testament, and undoubtedly in the history of Israel, uh, they were noted prophets for the miracles that they did. Then you compare that with John. John the Baptist, he didn't do any miracles. Isn't that interesting? Uh, isn't that, that, that an interesting comparison? Isn't that an interesting study? He was not well known throughout history. Matter of fact, he had a very short ministry that he did, and his purpose was to clear the way for the Lord Jesus Christ and to announce the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus declared him to be the greatest prophet I found that interesting. So here you have the greatest prophet that's hailed uh, throughout the New Testament, throughout, throughout history, really, by the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and he has just been beheaded. And the Bible says his disciples, and I don't know, uh, I wouldn't argue with somebody if that's Jesus' disciples or John's disciples, but John did have disciples and had a following uh, that did follow him, and he baptized people. So uh, I think it probably was John's disciples that came and buried uh, John the Baptist's body. And many of John's disciples did come over, and I think they started following Jesus because that was kind of the purpose of it. But whether it was the twelve or not, I do not know. But I do know this. The disciples were ever so aware of what had just taken place. Jesus Christ himself was ever so aware of what had just taken place that John the Baptist, the greatest prophet that was mentioned, that's what Jesus said, has just been beheaded. He was a martyr and buried. And I find that interesting. And here's the disciples. And so they're going off into a, a, a desert place and, you know, uh, Maybe they wanted to rest, maybe they wanted to mourn, maybe they wanted to just take some time, but John the Baptist was a significant character and a significant uh, person in the whole ministry of Jesus and even of the disciples to the point that uh, the, the fact that he had been killed was very concerning to them. Now put that in our day. Now, now just imagine yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ, and the forerunner of Jesus Christ, the greatest prophet that Jesus would say that, has been martyred. And why was he martyred? He was martyred just consequently for his faithfulness to the message. He was like, hey, I'm going to stand for truth, and what's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong, and it doesn't matter if you are the king of the land or you're the, you're the pauper in the street. It is all the same. What's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. And, and John the Baptist stood for truth, and he died because of it. And imagine how that made the disciples feel as they're headed off to a desert place where they could rest. And so John was a very significant an important character. He was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. Turn with me in Matthew chapter number 3, just back a few pages, and we'll look at uh, the ministry of John the Baptist. We won't spend a lot of time here, but I think it'd be a 
be fitting to read this and, and understand that the, the, the work and ministry that John did. John chap, Matthew chapter number 3 and verse number 1. The Bible says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And the same John and his raiment of camel's hair and a leather girdle was about his loins and his meat was locusts and wild honey. He was character. I've heard it said today, uh, could you imagine if John the Baptist showed up in our church services today? dressed in leather, wearing uh, uh, camel's hair, and and eating uh, locusts and and wild honey. Could you imagine that? I bet he would be a sight. Verse 5, Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the regions round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sin. So John had a, a very significant ministry as the forerunner uh, of Jesus Christ and announcing the coming of the Messiah. And he had gathered a great following, uh, which I do believe uh, turned and followed Jesus after John had passed from the scenes. And, and we find that John was significant and he was important. Back to our text in Matthew chapter number 14 and verse number 13, the Bible says this, when Jesus heard of it, heard of what? He had heard of John the Baptist being beheaded in prison. He had heard of the burial of John the Baptist. And when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And I think there was a lot of importance of John the Baptist in the ministry of Jesus Christ, but I believe as well there's an importance for rest. Jesus knew that this is not the first time that Jesus would uh, uh, go off into a desert place or a mountain. And, and there were several times in the ministry of Jesus that are recorded in Scripture where Jesus would take His disciples and He would go apart and He would find a place that was quiet and a place where He could get rest and a place where He could pray and a place where He could uh, refresh His own soul. And, and so he, he decided to try and go apart with His disciples. Jesus knew the disciples needed rest. Perhaps they were saddened by the news and loss of John the Baptist. Perhaps they were discouraged. Perhaps they thought, man, you know, uh, John, the, John the Baptist, the greatest prophet, was beheaded. Hey, maybe we're next. Are they coming for us? I mean, he doesn't, they don't know what's going to take place. They, they were living in the time and in the day, and, and they were thinking, man, you know, what's going to happen? Are they going to close us all down? Are they going to shut down the ministry that Jesus is starting? Are, are we going to also be, be, be martyred? Are we going to be killed? And maybe all these thoughts were running through their head. and They didn't know what was going to take place. Maybe they, I'm sure they were sad and, and perhaps they were even discouraged by the news. And so Jesus' plan for them was, hey, let's get apart and let's rest and let's refresh and hey, you can grieve there. But I want you to notice what took place as we stop there mid-verse 13, midway through. The Bible says, and when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. I want you to notice this, that 
sometimes in ministry, when you're carrying the burden of the ministry and, and things maybe don't go right, or maybe uh, somebody has, uh, has passed away, as, as in this case, uh, he was martyred for the cause of righteousness and, and doing right, and maybe all that weighs on you as it weighed on the disciples. But listen, uh, there's a clear lesson that Jesus did give to his disciples. Though he didn't speak it, he showed it more so. And that is, though we are tired and though we are burdened down with ministry, we should never neglect the needs of other people. Boy, that's a, tough, that's a tough lesson to learn. That's a hard lesson to learn. Matter of fact, that's a lesson that uh, sometimes, personally, I don't like, to be honest with you. Sometimes we are worried down. Sometimes we are weighted down with the cares of the world and the cares of other things and the cares of ministry. And, and certainly the disciples were weighted down with this news of John the Baptist being, uh, being killed in prison and, and, and maybe they were discouraged. But nonetheless, Jesus was showing them and he was teaching them, hey, even though you may be weighted down, even though maybe you planned on going apart and you were planning on resting, you should never neglect the needs of other people. And it's a lesson that Jesus was teaching to his disciples. We must always be sensitive to the needs of others. Listen, Christianity is not just on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock and, 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 and 6 o'clock in the evening. And it's not just a Sunday thing. And well, you know, Monday's over, so I'm going to take off my Christianity. I'm going to hang it in the closet and I'm going to walk away and on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to gotta go to work and I got to do all the things that I got to do and I got to take care of this and that, and, and Sunday rolls around while well, i got to pull my Christianity back out of my closet and i got to put it back on because, hey, i got to go to church. No, we should be a Christian every day of the week and we should look to help and aid other people. Do we have burdens and cares? Yes, we have burdens and cares. But you bear those and you continue, but you don't neglect to minister to other people and to be a witness and to be a help to other people, even though we are busy, even though we are, are, are labored down with many things that may be a burden to us. We find that Jesus was teaching his disciples a very important lesson in, in, in ministering even when you're burdened. Later in Matthew chapter number 20, in verse number 28, the Bible says this, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. Jesus came to this world to minister. Listen, I understand and I know we do need rest, and you should take time to, uh, to, to relax. There is nothing wrong with that. Sometimes... Um, People are prone to, to work. Uh, we would call them, we would label them workaholics, and they would work all the time. And, and, and listen, uh, if you're like that, maybe you struggle to relax. Maybe you, uh, you, you think, man, you feel guilty if you're not doing something. Uh, you're not being productive in some way. Listen, uh, Jesus clearly was giving an example as well. Hey, you should plan some time, downtime. You should plan to rest. You should plan uh, to, to have some time that is re, uh, a time of rest and a time to relax and refresh. And even, G, even God and Jesus in creation, hey, he labored for six days and he set forth the example for us. And on the seventh day, he rested. Now, let me ask you something. Was God tired? No, he wasn't tired. I mean, he's all powerful. Why did God, why did God set forth that? 
He set it forth for us so that we would have an example to follow that, hey, even God himself planned for a day of rest in the Scripture, even in creation, and listen, we should do, not, we should do the same. Uh, we need to have that plan. And of course, I'm not saying be lazy, you know that, uh, you understand that, but we do need to have a time of rest. But that time of rest should not excuse helping other people. I want you to notice in verse number 14, in verses 13 and, and 14, we can see the, uh, the burden of the ministry. Rather, in verse 13, rather, we can see the burden of the ministry. In verses 14 and 15, we can see the busy schedule of the ministry. Look with me in verse number 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude, look at what it says, and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. I want you to notice in verse number 14, the desire of the people. Look what happened there. Uh, actually, it's in, back in verse number 13. The Bible says, when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by a ship into a desert place apart. Verse 13, the second part, and when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. I want you to notice how news traveled of Jesus and his whereabouts. Uh, they didn't have email. They didn't have text messaging. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't even have home phones. Okay? They didn't have telegrams. You hear about news traveling and, um, and they, you know, it really, really developed and, uh, and they said, they, you know, news traveled really fast when they got telegrams. And, uh, man, they could boop, 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 and, you know, dial it up, and, and, uh, and it was impressive. And they said, man, uh, after that, telephones came out, and, boy, news got even better. But none of them has surpassed the very first method, and that was tell a woman. I'm just kidding. It was a joke, all right? Uh, and tell a woman, and, and the news travels, and some guys are just as bad as well. Uh, but uh, but so, so news traveled that way back in the day. I mean, uh, it wasn't telephone, it wasn't telegram, it wasn't email, it wasn't uh, posted on the internet. They didn't turn on the evening news and say, hey, flashing news, Jesus is headed off into the desert place. No, they, they told each other the news. And, and listen, this was an important topic that Jesus was the main attraction of the land. And, and, and why was he so important, and why was it so interesting to them, and why was it that his whereabouts traveled? Uh, you know, he didn't have to gain followers on Twitter or on Facebook. He had followers in real life. And uh, I heard about a fellow, he said, he said you know, I, I, I got rid of uh, Facebook, and I got rid of Twitter, and I got rid of all my social media, and he said, I decided that I would just walk around, and every now and then I would just blurt out my, uh, my statuses or my tweets. So he's said, uh, he said, I, I, I've developed uh, three followers. He said, I'm, I'm pretty sure one is a, a detective, and I'm pretty sure the other is an FBI agent, and I'm pretty sure the third is, a, is a, a psychiatric ward agent that's looking for me. That's all the followers I got. Sometimes it's like that, but Jesus didn't run around explaining where he was or what he was doing. He didn't post it anywhere. Listen, the news traveled. Why, why were they so interested in following Jesus? Uh, they were interested in following Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is hope to the hopeless. A lot of people were hopeless. 
that day. They, didn't, they couldn't put their faith in anything else, and, and, and they were struggling, and they were hopeless. Listen, Jesus is hope to the hopeless. Jesus is healing to the sick and lame. Mostly, many times, it was physical ailments that these people were following after Jesus, and, and perhaps they had been to the doctors, and perhaps they had tried all the medicine that they had means of and they knew about, and none of that would help them, as would be the case of another lady in the New Testament that's talked about. As a matter of fact, a few times in the New Testament it talks about people with ailments who had spent money on doctors but were not able to be healed, and, and they just didn't have the ability to, to be healed, so they would flock to Jesus because they heard, hey, that the deaf were being made to hear, and and the dumb were being made to speak, and the blind were having their eyes opened, and they were able to see, and, and lame people were able to walk, and all these things were being healed. And, and so, of course, this was a help to the helpless, and those who needed help, they would flock to Jesus Christ. They would hear about where He was, and they would go. And then Jesus is a help to the hurting and destitute. Listen, news like that, travels. I, it just does. Listen, that's what, that's what people need to hear today, that Jesus Christ can change their life, and He can help them where they can't help themselves. and He can fix them where they can't fix themselves. They need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, and that because the Bible says Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, there's no difference in Jesus today as, as back then. He's still able to help people. He's still able to take care of people. And listen, Jesus is the answer. We need to let people know as they had uh, passed the word about where Jesus was. And listen, it was not just physical needs, but they had spiritual needs. Uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter number 9, just back a few pages. In verse number 36, it is a different passage. It is not talking about the same incidents, but at the same time, it shows us uh, more of a deeper level, the heart of Jesus Christ. Uh, along back in, in verse 14 of chapter 14, where we were in our text, uh, the Bible says, Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and healed their sick. So we see that Jesus had great compassion on this multitude. And verse number 36 of chapter 9, chapter 9, verse 36, the Bible says, But when he saw the multitude, multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And Jesus would look at these crowds of people and there was compassion uh, in His heart towards these people, uh, towards their physical need. Yes, He did help their physical need, but it was more so toward their spiritual need because they were as sheep having no shepherd. They were lost, spiritually speaking. They were wandering astray and they needed a Savior. They needed somebody that would guide them. And Jesus was sensitive to their needs. And they would flock to Jesus because Jesus uh, was the hope of the hopeless, the healing of the sick, and the help to the hurting. He was somebody that could do something different for them. We see the desire of the people. They wanted that. They wanted help. They wanted hope. They wanted uh, healing. They wanted those things in their life. And so we see the desire of those people. Look with me real quick in verse number 15 back in Matthew 14, back in our text. We see the desire of those people. 
they came, they traveled out of their cities. They traveled from where they were to the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the desire of the disciples. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send send the multitude away that they may go into the village and buy themselves victuals, which would simply be food for us, dinner. Look at the disciples. Now, I don't want to cut down the disciples because, honestly, we fall in the same category as them so many times. You know, the disciples, they, they did, they were there, they had labored with Jesus Christ. I'm sure they were busy organizing the people and, hey, you know what, this guy's next and you need to stand in line. And, and they were crowd control and they were helping people and, and they were navigating and they were ministering and they were doing things as well as Jesus was there ministering to the needs of these people. I'm sure they were not just setting aside and, and kind of watching. I'm sure that they were trying to help and aid Jesus in any way that they could. But after a while of ministering and after a while of working there and after a while of being in the desert and having the news still on their mind of John the Baptist that's still rolling around their head and all these people and the miracles, and after a while they did this. Man, it's getting kind of late. And I'm kind of tired. And they went to Jesus and they said, you know what? It's enough. We are wiped out. We have had a long day. And we're ready. Let's, let's send these guys. It's time to send them home. Hey, they're not just us, but listen, they're going to get tired. There's a desert place. There's no stores around here. There's nothing around here for them to eat, for them to drink. They've been out here in the heat of the sun, and surely they're tired, and surely they need to go, and surely uh, it is enough, and, and it's time to send the people away. And you kind of see the human side of the disciples. They were human. The emotional side, the fraught frustrated side of the disciples as they, maybe they needed a rest. Listen, helping others is seldom convenient in our schedule. That's just the truth. I mean, how many times, I mean, rare is the time that, that, uh, that you help somebody out and, and you know what, well, I just happen to be going that way and it's just a piece of cake for me to do that. It does happen, but it's seldom the majority of the time uh, when you have to help or minister to somebody else, it's inconvenient. It was surely inconvenient for the Samaritan man uh, in Jesus' story that he was teaching about the Good Samaritan. Surely it was inconvenient for him to stop and bind up the wounds of that person and take them out of his way to an inn and give them money. And maybe he even fell short on cash and said, well, this is all I got. I tell you what, when I come back, I'll pay more if he uses all of that. I'm sure that was not convenient for him. I'm sure it was not convenient for the disciples as they were here in the desert and they wanted to actually get apart and rest for a little bit. But ministry doesn't always uh, come at a convenient time. And and the lesson that Jesus would teach His disciples, look at what Jesus said in, in verse number 16. But Jesus said to them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And Jesus was teaching the disciples, listen, ministry, uh, minister even when it is not convenient. Minister even when you don't have what you need. Minister and watch God supply the need. Be what Jesus was teaching His disciples. 
Every one of those things is true. You look at that story, you look at what took place, you know the story. Uh, you know how uh, he, they, they fed them, and, and, and it's amazing uh, that, that this took place. But we find the busy schedule of ministry. Listen, ministry is sometimes busy, but we should not use that as an excuse to neglect people. We find in verse number 16 down through 21, I want you to see this. If you miss everything else, get this, the blessing of ministry. We have the burden of ministry that we saw that they were carrying a heavy load and and concerned by the news that they had heard of John. We have the busyness of ministry as they had been there all day laboring in the desert, and that was not their intention. They were planning on resting, but they... They, they maintained and they were busy there in the ministry and doing stuff. But I want you to see in verses 16 through 21 the blessing of ministry. Don't miss this. Verse 16, Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. Could you imagine? They're thinking they've been laboring in the desert all day. They had traveled there to rest. And I'm sure those disciples were thinking, Man, this is not even enough food for me. I could eat it and still be hungry. It's not enough for one man. And Jesus said in verse number 18, He said, bring them hither to me. And He commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and He took and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, He blessed and break and gave the loaves to His disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. Now, there's no doubt about it that Jesus was busy ministering in the first part, and, and, and I would imagine that the disciples were involved to an extent, but they were not the ones that were healing those people. It was Jesus that was healing those people, and, and there were, the bulk of the work fell on Jesus' shoulders, and surely they were involved in some form or fashion, I would imagine, and I would think, uh, but, but it was not them per se. But now we turn, and after they're tired, and they're ready to send them home, and, and they're ready to rest themselves, and perhaps even to eat themselves, Jesus said, hey, listen, I'm going to let you do the work at this point. And he takes, and, and we find that uh, they, he involves them in this ministry. And I want you to notice this in verse 19, uh, the order that Jesus set forth. You know the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 40, the Bible says, let all things be done decently in honor. And God is a God of order. Uh, he does things orderly. He does things uh, in an orderly fashion. You look at creation and how he created uh, the world. He did it in a very orderly fashion, and, and he did it uh, step by step by step, and things were always done in order. And God took this miracle that he did, and, and he did it in an orderly fashion, and he, and he had the, uh, the disciples take and, and divide all the, the people into groups of 50. Could you imagine? trying to get those groups of, of men and women and children and, and get them all groups of 50 here and groups of 50 and there the disciples are trying to get everyone set down and everyone in the right spot and, and all the groups lined up. And, and could you imagine, I was thinking, I was thinking of, a, of a, a restaurant and a diner, which it broke down when I realized 50 people at one table, that's a big table. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty big circle. And I thought, man, 50 people, I don't know if they sat in a circle. I don't know if they just sat in a bunch. I don't know how they sat. But there, there's, there's 50 people. And they, they laid everything out in order, even in the middle of the desert, even when they were tired. 
And then, and then Jesus would take those five loaves and the two fishes. And, and I want you to notice this in verse 19. I, I underline this word. The Bible says he blessed and break. The blessed there would be giving thanks for the food. And, and there's two things I want us to notice. Number one, we should give thanks for our food. Of course, that would be first and foremost. And recognize that God provides for us. But then the second part of that is, do not, ne- do not neglect to ask the blessing of God on everything that you do for Him. In other words, we ought to ask the blessing of God on everything that we do. And God stopped and paused, Jesus paused, before He was going to feed all those people, and He blessed. The Bible says He prayed, and, and the disciples surely would recognize that. Then he broke the bread and he distributed it. We can see that as they, he took and he gave it to the disciples and the disciples took and gave it to each person. Now I could imagine, here's the disciples and maybe they had a, a basket and, and Jesus took the, uh, the bread and how you break up five loaves and two, two fishes amongst 12 disciples even is beyond me. I, I don't know how he got it. That, that in and of itself is a miracle. And surely they looked on and they saw that and, and, and surely their mind was spinning like, did you just see what happened? My basket has food in it. And, and there wasn't even enough for one person and now Jesus just gave it to 12. Maybe he only had 10. Maybe he only had five disciples regardless of how many disciples were there helping, the fact of the matter is they saw a miracle that took place when He started giving it to them. And He said, all right, you go give it out to the, to the people. They went and they started distributing. And could you imagine every time they took a piece and gave it out, they looked and there's, the piece was still there. I don't know how it took place and I can't fathom how it took place. I don't know if, if they broke it or... Or maybe they took a piece and Jesus had broken it to smaller pieces to be able to give out. And I don't know if they they would take and and give and give. But the fact of the matter is this, that as they would distribute that bread, uh, their basket would not run out. Or maybe it would run out and they would go back up to Jesus and Jesus would refill the basket. I don't really know how it took place. The Bible doesn't give us those details. But I do know this, they themselves, the disciples witnessed a tremendous miracle because they knew how much food there was. They knew how many people there were. They knew that they themselves could devour all that food and be gone. And yet they watched, and time and time again, and I don't know if the crowd knew, but I do know this, and you can see it time and time again, the disciples knew what was taking place, and they were blessed. Have you ever received a blessing uh, or, or something that has gone well in your life, and, and you try and explain that to somebody else, and, and man, you are excited. You're like, man, this took place, and I'm excited about it. And You try to explain it to somebody else, and they're like, oh, that's good. You know, I mean, they might be happy for you, but they just, there's nothing like witnessing and experiencing the hand and work of God in your own life that's far greater than watching God work in somebody else's life. And that's what these disciples experienced. 
that they themselves witnessed the very hand and work of God. And the blessing was far greater than the leftovers that were left over. There wasn't, there, that was amazing that there was leftovers. The Bible says there in verse number 20, and they took up the fragments that rem, remained, 12 baskets full. That in and of itself is amazing that there was more left over than when they had started with. Uh, that is amazing. But listen, it was greater, the blessing was greater than just the leftovers because those disciples went out and in doing that, they realized, listen, God can provide in ways that we physically cannot. And God can do things that we physically cannot. And if you've experienced that in your life, listen, you know. You can tell other people about it, and you can be, and you should share it with other people. But I'm telling you, there is nothing like seeing it firsthand in your own life. And saying, you know what, I know God's provided for me. I know God's taken care of me. I know God has done this, and I know God has answered this prayer, and I know God has provided in this situation, and I know God has taken care of me in this situation, and witnessing that in your own life is a greater blessing than listening to somebody else. It's a blessing to hear somebody else get blessed, but when you've witnessed it in your own life, you say, man, I know what that's like. That's incredible to know that God is working in that person's life just like he worked in my life. And to have that personal experience is a tremendous blessing. And so are there burdens in ministry? Yeah, there's burdens. Is it busy in ministry? Yeah, it's busy in ministry. But listen, there's great blessings. If we'll just continue doing what God asks us to do and stay faithful in serving God. Those disciples, they hung in there. Were they tired? Oh, they were tired. It showed in verse 14. Were they weary? Yeah, they were ready to go home. They were ready to pack it in. They were done. But you know what? God said, no, let's keep going. And I want to show you how I can provide and how I can, I can work through you if you'll allow me to. Listen, God can work through your life in 2021. He's not dead. He can still do stuff. He's still able to minister. He's still able to work through you. He's still able to do the uh, wonderful things if we'll allow him to work through our life. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for this lesson of streams in the desert. God, they went to the desert to get apart, to rest. And they found a great lesson and a great truth that even in their tiredness and even in their weariness, that you were able to use them. They were able to be used and minister to other people. And God, I pray that in our life, may we always, always seek opportunity to be used of you and to minister to other people, to be a blessing, a help, and an encouragement to others. And may we do it to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you'd bless each and every person here this morning. May we look for opportunity in 2021 to minister, to serve, to help other people, and to meet their spiritual need through Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you'd bless. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, we just have a short hymn of invitation. I'll not make it long, but I hope and pray that that was a blessing and encouragement to you.
we'll bring our invitation to a close. That's a good song there, Trust and Obey. Uh, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. I can promise you the disciples left. Tired, yes. Satisfied spiritually, yes. And happy in Jesus because they had obeyed. So trust and obey the Lord in your life. God bless. We have a couple minutes here between Sunday school and church. And uh, so you can say hi to somebody and tell them you're glad to see them here this morning.